Good morning, everybody. I'm Bob Bates in Los Angeles. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Susan Sikora up there in Northern California. It is sunny down here in Southern California. I believe you've got sun up in Northern California, east and west, north and south. It's a beautiful day. Yes, it was It was overcast this morning, and the sun was fighting with the fog or the overcast, and the sun won. We love it here in California. We don't want to brag. We don't want to act too uppity about it, but... Yeah, we do. This is a great place to live. Yeah, today. we do. <laughs> the it's beginning it's of, all we've got, Bob. It's as, all we've got. <laughs> absolutely. As we move into uh, April, it's uh, feeling pretty good. So let's mm-hmm. get started today. Our first survey... Um, Here's the headline. New survey reveals Americans feel unsafe during everyday activities. This doesn't surprise me too much. It's from the, I believe this is the Long Island Herald that reported this uh, about a survey that was conducted by Sabre. And according to this, 80% of Americans have at some point felt unsafe in everyday situations. Uh, I don't, I'm not shocked by that particularly. Are you? You know, I don't know. I, I, I will say I think sometimes I um, I have, but I tend to be um, one of these people that will adjust what I'm doing so that I keep myself out of situations that I think are not safe. This, I don't know. Well, what, kind of, what kind of things were, were you well, talking about? Well, this particular survey, they surveyed 1,000 people, and 42% of them confessed to feeling uncomfortable walking through areas that were not well lit. At night. At night. So, There's yeah. a solution for that. Don't walk alone at night in a dark area. I mean, that to me is, I mean, Simple. I'm not saying anything can happen anywhere at yeah. any time. I think that's true. But the likelihood of it happening, walking alone at night in an unlit area, I think is a little higher than if you're either not working at night or you're walking during the day or it's lit or you've got friends or Yeah, I guess the question is, how much do you worry about it? And how much does that worry impinge upon your life? Are you obsessed with uh, security? Are you 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 check your locks four and five times before you go to bed? I don't know. Just wondering. Check them once. Once. Yeah. Um, Thirty two percent of people here stated that they felt unsafe walking through a parking lot or a garage. I kind of get that, especially if the parking lot is uh, doesn't have a lot of people in it, if it's uh, pretty much empty except for you. It's the classic movie scene where you hear you're in a parking lot and you hear the click, click, click of someone's feet. And then you're walking and you stop and then you hear mm-hmm. a rustle behind you. You know, it's, it's, a, I think we've been indoctrinated to believe the parking lots are inherently uh, dangerous. Yeah. Well, and it's probably also proportional to how many horror movies you watch. Mm, exactly. Exactly. I don't, that's not my genre. 22% experience similar feelings while in the stairway of a building. Stairways don't scare me much, but uh, I don't spend much time in stairways, so maybe yeah. that's the reason. Two-thirds well. of all women here surveyed express that uh, when they go running, especially in an isolated area, they feel uncomfortable. I think it's uh, smart for women to be cautious, especially when running, because uh, you are really vulnerable. You are out there uh, without... a you know, you're clearly not carrying any much with you and uh, you don't have a lot of protection. People can see how far it is to the nearest person. So if they were going to attack you, a a runner would be, I don't know, vulnerable, don't you think? Well, I suppose. I'm not really a runner. I was a walker, 
But when, even when I walked, it was it was in safe areas. Yeah. It was near where I lived at the time. And there and, were people um, around you. You knew. That, and it was daylight. I was yeah. in the neighborhood. So, you know, I wouldn't go down some path where there was nobody, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't go off on off the beaten path. I mean, yeah. to me, that just makes sense. It's just reasonable. Yeah, it makes a lot of, a lot of sense to just be cautious if you can. Now, twenty three percent of respondents said that the one of the things that they do is they carry their keys between their between their I've fingers. I've done that. So you, you could, finger, yeah, so yeah. that the, yeah. So you could use it as a tool if you needed to to uh, to, to to kind of protect yourself. You've done that. What about pepper I've spray? I've done that would, here and there. Would you ever use pepper spray or carry it with you? If I had it, I would carry it with me. Yeah. I'm a little concerned to have on me toxic chemicals just because it well, you're could worried. Up, you're worried about the thing you're going to prevent the worrying? Well, that's it. I'm feeling like it could. I could end up, you know, injuring myself more likely than be uh, use it to uh, prevent someone else from hurting me. That's 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 probably true. I'm kind of a bumbling guy to start with, so I no doubt would squirt it in my own face. Well, not only that, but I mean, if if there's a <laughs> moment that you're attacked or you're confronted with somebody, you've got to think quickly and stay calm. I would think. Yeah. And most of us are not going to stay calm, and because we're not going to stay calm, we may or may not think quickly. So. That's true. You need something you can respond with right on the spot. You don't want to. Yeah, delay. I think the vulner the vulnerability factor goes up. I think I do like the you're... idea of the personal alarms. You know, the little button you can push and it makes a screaming sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because I, I would think anybody who was thinking of attacking you would not want to call attention to themselves. And if they grab you or try to, you know, if you're a woman and they try to cover your mouth so that you won't scream and you've got some siren going off, they're mm -hmm. going to think twice, I would think. Okay. All right, here's our next story today. Uh, fewer than half of U.S. adults belong to a religious congregation, according to this new poll. Now, this was kind of shocking to me because, you know, back in, in 1999, according to this, 73% of Americans said they belonged to a religious organization. They were a member of a church. We are... By all accounts, from what we've been told over and over in these uh, political rallies, we are a God-fearing country, and we seem to believe, we seem to go to church. That's what we're all concerned. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's interesting that now, here in 2021, only 47% of people identify as churchgoers. So could this partially be part of the scandals that have rocked the Catholic Church? Are people fed up and little by little sort of dribbling away? Yes, but when was this survey done? What was the year? This, uh, this It's Is new. It this it's year? a new Gallup right. survey. Okay. Uh, yeah, that. well, it may be true. I think people were feeling, as you just described, about the scandals. Um, I think they were feeling that earlier on. Uh, maybe more people are feeling that. I don't know, because I don't, you know what I think it is too, as a Catholic, um, it bothers me as a practicing Catholic that this hasn't been resolved definitively and substantially by now. It's taking a long time. And yes. it was a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, slap on the hand, slap on the hand, move father over here, move Monsignor over there, uh, let them retire to Rome in a nice manse. And then, right. you know, I right. mean, all of that. Right. I and think that you're absolutely right. Be, I think people... Yeah are frustrated with this church that they trusted and believed to be good. And now they feel that at least at some level of the church, mm -hmm. there's corruption. And they, I, I also think 
that we're we're finding out more of these things. You've got social media going. And like anybody who gets accused of anything, it's easier to make that accusation and spread it around very quickly with social media. Back in 1999, when 73% of people said they belonged to a religious organization, we hadn't heard anything about these uh, child molestation scandals in the Catholic Church. So this was new. I mean, we, we wouldn't have known about it. So we, we had more faith, perhaps, in in the goodness of of our church than perhaps people have grown to feel now. What do you think? I think that the uh, level of cover-up was a little too sophisticated, for starters, mm -hmm. and a little too prevalent. And when people found out about that, I think your tolerance for this kind of thing goes way down. Yeah. Well, the survey, you know, doesn't say that people are moving away from God or faith in God, it only says that people have moved away from organized religion. So yeah, it okay. is possible that people are still spiritual, uh, but there's something about the organi organization that's bothering them. You are right about one thing that you brought up too, and that is, um, this is interesting, a Pew Research survey um, conducted over the summer uh, showed that three in 10 Americans reported stronger personal faith due to the pandemic. So in a way, with what we were, we've been struggling with for the past year, it's forced many people to really um, turn to their religion for comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have some friends who I think fall into that category. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of surprised at myself that um, I think I'm about the same. About the same. I don't think it's intensified. You know, I'm not saying, I just think going to church is, um, you know, you're taught as a Catholic, if you don't go to church, church it's a mortal sin unless you have a good reason or an excusing cause. Correct. And and I think that's a lot of guilt. And I'm not sure that God's up there somewhere going, okay, when did she go? They're taking right. attendance like you did in high end. That's in always been I mean, my belief, right, that, that the physical business of going to the church, singing the songs and reading from the from the scripture and all that that is um that's great if it's if it's helpful to you but it doesn't have anything to do with the relationship with god or faith or any of that that's Agreed. a separate deal and i it's, agree it's good for you if you if it works for you but it but you know like you said we know plenty of bad people who get to church every week and they go mm -hmm. do bad things during the week and are racist and hateful and all that kind of stuff and we know good people who practice their uh, spiritual stuff in private. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it, I don't know that we should be concerned or worried that the number of people who are participating in organized religion has gone down in the past 20 years. I'm not sure. That I, I have to say, I think if I look back on the people I've known in my lifetime that are really, truly kind to just about anyone, we lived next door to a lady for years when I was growing up in New Jersey. And um, we called her Aunt Lou, you know, and everybody in the neighborhood called her Aunt Lou. And my mother always said, Aunt Lou would give a meal to a stranger if he or she came to the door. Mm -hmm. um, Church going lady or no? I don't think there was any. Yeah. But she was one of the kindest people I've ever met in my life. 
All right. Uh, our next survey uh, apparently found that more than half of all drivers text or email when they are alone in their cars. We've talked about. All right. This is this is. We should not even have to have this conversation or do a survey like this anymore. Yeah, we've I, talked this about this stupidity. before, but you know. Um, as time goes by, we forget about the rules and the laws and, you know, other things seem more important than texting and driving. But it it is. So, it's funny. April is National Distracted Driving Awareness Month. Have you did you celebrate wow. or did you get a cake for April uh, National Distracted Driving? Awareness? I didn't even know it was. No. But I, I do know this. I think this goes back to a very false belief that people have. Most people, I think, or many, let's put it this way, too many at this point, if we're doing a survey like this. Most people think that they can multitask and you can't. Yeah. I interviewed a doctor once from, he was from Washington State. Um, I forget which hospital. He wrote a book on the brain and he said, he did a whole chapter on it and he called it multitasking is a myth. Time. I mean, I think we can all agree. Texting and driving is bad. It's uh, stupid. It's stupid. Uh, but but here, here's, this is interesting. A quarter of these says that when they've stopped, uh, they they will stop like at a stoplight, and while they're sitting in traffic, they will uh, text or send an email uh, while they're not moving. And and there is a fine line. I will say, I've been stuck in traffic where you're just literally sitting there not moving. the The temptation to to reach for your phone and respond to a text while you're not moving is is powerful. It does make you want to go ahead and do it. You know, you're there for a while. You're not moving. You're not injuring anybody. This is the this is what you call low attention span theater. I'm I not trying you. to it's, justify doing it. It's not no, right. I it's know against what you mean. the law. And it is against the law in most states. So but but I understand the temptation when you're not move when the vehicle is not moving uh to look over and you know maybe tap in a couple of quick responses then or something. Put it out of the put it out of sight. Put it in a pocket. Put it in your purse. Put my problem is I use else. my phone for navigation, so ah, uh, there you go. I need the map up there, in, uh, right in front of me. So yeah, everyone. Uses but even that phone. don't doesn't that take your eye off the road? Uh, you know what makes me crazy? I get nervous when I see a, a scene on television in a sitcom, even where somebody's talking to someone else and they're going, you know, you shouldn't really do that. Oh, You're driving me crazy all when you, the time, and I'm going. Don't look at that. I mean, I and I think we absorb Susan, this kind that of is thing. my that is my my pet peeve when it comes Mine too. to watching movies where people are sitting driving along in the car. And every time it happens, I turn to my wife and I said, Oh my god, this is killing me. Look at the road, look at the road. And they're off so often because we know that they're not actually driving. They're on a flatbed truck. The camera crew is, you know, mounted on there. Right. Being, so they don't as the the actor isn't thinking about the fact that he should be pretending to look forward so that he doesn't hit any cars. He just feels safe enough to look over at the passenger all the time. It, it is funny remember? that they don't fix that. They never, Do, yes, they, never no, they, don't. they never say to the, to the actor, whoa, you've been looking away from the road for 14 seconds. You'd be in a ditch by now. You know, we have they, to reshoot that. Reshoot that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks oh, I love that and movie. Meryl One Streep? One of my favorite movies. Do yes. you remember how he dies in the beginning? No. They. It was his birthday. Somebody gave him, I think, a CD he wanted. CD, that's how long ago this movie was. And he, he un, unwraps the CD. It's something he wanted, but he unwraps it and un, takes it out of the packaging and pops it in. And... With those three things that he was doing, by the, he looks off the road long enough, boom, 
Yeah. And he gets hit by, and that's how they have him die. It's not bloody and gory, but it's yeah. like it's the end. And all of a sudden he wakes up and, you know, he's supposed to be in heaven. or. And it was kind of a pathetic way to go, too. Not heroic in, in any way. Yeah. yeah. Unlike well, Meryl Streep's character, who I, who I believe died in some saving a dog saving from a fire somebody. or something. Yeah, you know. Know. Yeah, yeah that's always the best. It was, it was an interesting uh, treatment, let's put it that Great way. Great movie. I'm glad you brought that up. Defending yeah. Your Life, Albert Defending Brooks, life. Meryl Streep, one of my favorites. Rent yeah. that baby soon and just watch it. It's really good. <laughs> All right. Here's our next survey. A new survey reveals the most and least stressed out states. Uh, so this one comes to us from WalletHub. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way they put the survey together, I'm not sure it truly tells us that this state is more stressed out than the other. But it's kind of interesting to see how they stacked them all up. Yeah, based on what? Based on uh, a number of uh, stress-related questions. I'm not sure that, that that they can derive from that that one state is more stressed out than the other. But we're going to give you the results, and we'll get we'll dive in a little a little more. Number one state uh, that is the most stressed out is Nevada, followed by Louisiana, New Mexico, and West Virginia, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and California comes in at number eight. We're eight, number yeah, eight, and and go down to thirty three. Thirty three is New Jersey, your okay. home state. Excuse me. I really think that I'm less stressed than my family and friends back in New Jersey. I just do. Well, th it's 33. That's pretty. I, oh, I see what you're saying. Because you're in California, you feel less stressed than they are. I, I do. I mean, I feel stressed about the cost of living here. Yeah. That so, never goes away. Well, so, as, yeah, that's true. But, that, said, but we, it's not that cheap elsewhere. Well, we've got questions about the uh, accuracy of this uh, test. Uh, the, the least stressed out test uh, state, according to this, is South Dakota. Okay, why? It's too cold to go outside. Worry they about got anything. Nothing else. They got nothing else going on up there. That's their problem. Now, here's what I did find interesting that they broke it down a little bit into some specifics. Um, for example, the number of hours people sleep per night. Uh, according to this, the state where you sleep the least is Hawaii. People in Hawaii reported that they slept less than anybody else in the country. Because? Well, it's so beautiful there. Probably they had to get up and go on their morning run to de-stress. I don't know. I don't know what the reason was, but that's what they said. I think that that's probably true. Having lived on a tropical island when I lived in St. Thomas many, many moons ago, I got to tell you, I think in the beginning you want to get up and, oh, the beach, you know, hit the great weather and all that. Yeah. But that wears off after the yeah, first Yeah, you want to take it. You sleep all day. A on a, in a, yeah, you know, you got to go to work. If you're going to live here, you're going to work, you know. Yeah, well, that's true. Now, uh, according to this, the, the, the state in which people sleep the most is Montana. Uh, there's nothing else to do in Montana, perhaps. Maybe that's it. I see. I don't think it has anything to do. I don't think the amount of sleep has anything to do with where you live. Uh, well, unless you live, wait, unless you live in New York City and you're in an apartment where it's constantly noisy and you hear sirens out there and you hear traffic out there all the time, the city that never sleeps as, they, as it's supposed. What's number? What What is New York? The state? Uh, what number is New York? I only is have, it there? No, I only have the top five. New York doesn't show up in any of those. Uh, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I, would I, think I just think people would, that, would not sleep much there. Well, maybe not. But people who live there probably don't think two seconds about the traffic. You know, you get used to certain sounds and everything. I, I just don't think the state has anything to do with your sleep patterns. I think your age does, your health does, uh, how much screen time you have before, at night especially, before you go to bed. Right. All right. of that, I all think, affects stuff. it. And also, you know, did you have a cup of coffee at 8 o'clock after dinner or something? 
Well, any state that may, oh, maybe that's it. You know, in Hawaii, they grow a lot of coffee beans. It's a, it's a major source you're, you're, of coffee beans. So they're probably drinking a lot of that coffee. Because you're it's, grasping it's, at straws. It's there, and then they can't sleep. That's the problem. I doubt it. Uh, also, according to this, um, they, they asked people how many hours they worked per week to try to, I guess they were ascertaining from that that if you work a lot of hours, you're probably more stressed than people who that makes sense. work fewer hours. According to this, the state in which people worked the most hours per week was Alaska. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Do you think it's uh, people doing a lot of shifts on those oil rigs, or why would people? I don't know. Do they have? Do they have the thing where it's it's the sun doesn't come up for uh, so many yes. months or something? Yeah. I think a lot of, for instance, daylight savings time is always an issue that people say, should we have it? Should we not have it? Should we let it go? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I I also think your uh, your is it your circadian rhythm? Mm -hmm. I think everybody's got their own, but also it makes a difference when it starts to get light outside. Do you have really dark curtains on the window? Because if you do, you may not notice it. But if you go to a different um, time zone, if you travel, uh, if you go from the West Coast to the East Coast, your sleep pattern is off yeah so, no that's interesting yeah that's a very good point in alaska it's the light the, it's light a lot of the time right so then you might as well i'm awake i might as well go to work and work a little longer perhaps maybe i maybe. don't know uh the, the the state in which people work the fewest number of hours per week is i'm surprised by this massachusetts Really? You would I'm think all those lawyers show. up there in Boston would be working yeah. around the clock, right? Yeah. And and there's a, a there's a fair amount of technology there too, I believe. At least there was when I lived there, but I was there a long time ago. Um yeah, I mean Massachusetts is, you know, it's busy, but you know, there's some very calm places in Massachusetts and um you know, you can you can drive north and you can hit the the border to New Hampshire and there's seaside there there's Salem I mean there's some yeah. pretty areas there so I don't know uh, you know I think the state thing and and <laughs> it's a bogus survey we just play we just looked at it for fun what the heck give us something to talk about yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's I that's think that's about true. it. So, so just folks, just ignore that whole last ten minutes we were talking about. Absolutely, the it I, meant I, absolutely I, nothing. It was meaningless, completely. Right. <laughs> speaking of the survey, speaking of meaningless, <laughs> each week we always ask Susan for her final thought of the day. So, uh, not to say your thought of the day is meaningless, but uh, perhaps you could share it with us today. What is your thought of the week actually well i don't know i i think it would still go back to that whole texting thing in the car i think when you get in the car you should shut the phone off and if you want to check something um pull over and park the car out of traffic and check your phone and if it can wait it can wait okay so that's your thought of the week park your car Park it? No, don't don't, don't get talk. distracted when you're driving. When you're driving, yeah. drive. You've got to keep your eye on the road. <laughs> the, you know how many times you have accidents and people say, "Well, I was I I took my eye off the road for a minute or a second." Well, it was probably more than that. It doesn't take long. All right, folks, listen to Susan. Don't drive and text. We beg. I you. sound like cranky pants. Cranky today, pants, Susan Sakura. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> Uh, listen, for all the stuff that matters when you're 50 plus, visit us at olderandwiser.com and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye bye.